Hello there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And if you'd like more information about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, uh, I thought that uh, maybe I might uh, begin seeing that uh, Prince Philip left us so recently. I thought maybe I'd begin by sharing with you my brief conversation with His Royal Highness. It was uh, back in 1959, June 26th of 1959, and Her Majesty and Prince Philip were here to open the St. Lawrence Seaway. And uh, at the time, I was going to school at the Montreal Association for the Blind. And uh, Her Majesty wanted to chat with children in the Montreal area, so I was chosen as the representative of the school that I was attending. So on June 26th, which is the day after our school closed for the summer that year. We traveled to Delormier Stadium and waited for what seemed hours to an eight-year-old. And finally, and quite suddenly, there they were standing in front of us. So I got the chance to shake Her Majesty's hand and and she she did she did say hello and then she moved on to the next person and i was left feeling a little on the empty side and i kind of thought is that all there is to it and then all of a sudden a fellow was asking me whether i could read and write braille and i told him that i could And it was only after the royal couple had moved on that I realized that it was actually Prince Philip himself who had spoken to me. So ever since then, he has been my favorite royal because he took a moment to chat with a a little girl of uh, eight years old. And uh, I'm sad that he's gone now, because I really wanted to see him make his 100th birthday. But as it turns out, he didn't want to anyway, and who could wish him more time if he was suffering the way he was? So now he's gone to his great reward, and uh, and I'm sure the Queen will manage to uh, continue what she's doing. Anyway, that was just a little bit of a recollection that I thought I'd share with you. 
This is probably the, the third time that I've had the chance to do an interview over a Zoom recording. And I imagine that I'll do it more and more often as I learn the technology necessary to do that. But there is a Facebook group based here in the Peterborough area, but stretching worldwide, and it was started, established by Emily and Hannah Shevers from the Peterborough area. So, just recently as well, the CCB, the Canadian Council of the Blind, has uh, struck up a, a partnership with this Facebook uh, group, which is called True Faces, and that's T-R-U Faces. Uh, and so I thought it would be a good idea for Leslie and Emily and Hannah and I to sit down and chat so that you could learn a little bit more about True Faces and how you can access that. So that's what we did, and here's the result of our Zoom discussion. Well, thanks so much for being with us, ladies, and let me begin by uh, getting everybody to uh, introduce themselves. First of all, um, we've uh, talked a little bit on this program about a Facebook group called True Faces, and one of the uh, coordinators or founders is Emily Shevers. How are you, Emily? Hi, I'm good, thanks. That's good. Thanks for being with us. And Emily's sister, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the program. You haven't been with us before. No, thanks for having me. And we also have someone who is a real veteran to the program, uh, the chair of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind that you hear about every week here on Insight Peterborough. Leslie Yee, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Devin. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And welcome back to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. So first of all, let's talk um, a little bit about True Faces. Um, now, who uh, of Emily and Hannah wants to give me a little bit of a, a description about how that was uh, established and and who is uh, invited and uh, that sort yeah. of thing? It's Emily. I'll start off with that one. Okay. So True Faces is essentially an online community for individuals with disabilities where they can come and share their story, educate about disability awareness, and most importantly, connect with other people who are kind of facing similar challenges or maybe in the same kind of position. Um, we really started this uh, about two and a half years ago, and um, it was essentially to create that community. So we used to attend weekend programs at the School for the Blind, and that was really our first real exposure to other people who were visually impaired. So I myself have cone dystrophy, uh, which has caused me to be legally blind. 
So I was born with a condition called cone dystrophy, which has caused me to be legally blind. And Hannah was born with golden heart syndrome, which caused her to have no right hearing or vision. And we didn't really know anybody in our community who had the same things. So when we started going to these programs at the School for the Blind, we really got to kind of dip our toes into what it was like to to meet those kind of other people in the blind and visually impaired community. And what we essentially wanted to do was give everybody this opportunity. We're from a a very small town. And so we knew that there was potentially other people in that same boat. And we wanted to give them that opportunity. And the best way we could think to do that was through social media. And so that's where we kind of created True Faces. Um, The name True Faces came from this idea of really embracing your disability and being true to who you are. And uh, we essentially in the beginning wanted it to actually be a community of individuals with facial differences, which is what Hannah kind of has because she didn't really know anybody else at that time, um, which is where so True Faces came from. And then essentially after that, we grew and expanded to include all disabilities um, to really gather that that inclusion aspect of everything. All right. Now, when you say the school for the blind, you mean the one in, in Brantford? Yes. Uh-huh. And it was a weekend program, was it? Yeah. So they run short-term programs for students who don't necessarily go to the school and they fly them in or bus them in whatever on the Friday evening and they get to stay until Sunday afternoon, essentially. And there's different themes um, and it's really a great opportunity. Wow, that's terrific. Boy, they sure have come a long way since I attended there back in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting that you both have, and you're in the same family, but you have different um, eye conditions. Yes, they're completely unrelated, and we like to talk about how we literally won the genetic lottery. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And uh, Hannah, have you met um, a lot of people on True Faces with your particular eye condition? Um, I have met one person that had the same condition as me, which was really nice because I had never met anyone with the same condition, so it definitely gave me opportunities to meet other people as well. Yeah, you're not coming through all that, uh, well, they're, uh... Emily or Hannah, can you get a little closer to your mic? I don't know if that would make a difference or not. Yeah. Okay. So um, you've only met one other person with your eye condition. Yeah, with uh, Golden Heart Syndrome. Wow. Um, And when we talk about how many people are on and that sort of stuff, uh, is it just people from Canada or around the world? No, we have people from around the world, which is incredible. We recently actually featured somebody from Greece, Australia. We've got people from the States, um, I think like uh, Holland and just all over the world with the amazing power of the Internet. We get to kind of connect with everybody from everywhere yeah, that is wonderful. I was just talking with somebody, and she was saying that uh, she attends a, red, uh, a regular uh, lecture on things like meditation and and yoga and uh, that sort of thing. She was 
uh, describing that there were people from Mexico and Wales and all over the place. So it's incredible how the um, Internet has drawn all of us together. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. People who I would have never connected with otherwise. So, Leslie, maybe we could bring you in here, uh, too. How did you... Uh, how did you find Emily and Hannah and uh, True Faces? Um, I started following Emily um, uh, a while ago now uh, through Facebook with her stories. And what I really liked about the girls' stories is they're in, within the stories, people say, this is who I am and this is what I have. But it more talks about the person that they are. So they're very positive stories, and yes, we might have an eye disease, but the eye disease isn't necessarily who we are. So I, I really liked that uh, portrayal, uh, or sorry, that the way that the, the people are portrayed within the story. So mm-hmm. um, it's very positive, and, and it's something that I believe in. I mean, just because we have uh, an eye disease or we sit in a wheelchair, that doesn't define who we are. So that's what I think um, Emily and Hannah uh, try to portray within all their stories and, and through the people that they talk to. So I've been following her for a little while. And then I noticed a Facebook post out that she was looking for support in order to expand her ambassador program. And I just felt that um, the Canadian Council for Blind Peterborough chapter, we would be a great fit with that. Um, that way we could share our stories with Hannah as well as uh, spread kind of the, a little bit more knowledge about Canadian Council of the Blind. And we get to in turn support Hannah and Emily's efforts in growing their ambassadorship. Now, Emily, is this uh, uh, True Faces, is that more for younger people with disabilities? Uh, not specifically. So we definitely, I mean, it is the age of social media. So I do believe that we have a little bit of a younger demographic, but we've never specifically like stated that there was any sort of age range. We've had people in their 40s, 50s, whatever, who have been featured on our page. There isn't necessarily like an age limit, but I do understand it's kind of social media and there potentially is more involvement from that younger age. And uh, now, um, is the focus more on um, visual impairments, or do you have people from with all types of disabilities? We do have all types of disabilities, and we do really strive to get those different variety of disabilities to kind of get a wide variety of things that are included to be able to just expand on the disability education aspect of it. I think there is definitely a lot of visual impairment content on our page, mostly because that's the community that we're a part of and we have personal connections in that community for people that we can kind of connect with and feature and all that. Um, And then obviously any content that comes from Hannah and I can relate to to that visual impairment aspect, but we really do try to reach out to people with all sorts of disabilities who can kind of bring in new lights. I mean, I've learned so many new things along the way just from talking to some of these people. When you talk about featuring um, people or topics or whatever, uh, how do you go about doing that? 
So our features um, are primarily put together through uh, Instagram, but then are also shared on our Facebook and Twitter, um, which is where I think Leslie has kind of seen a little bit more of it. But sometimes there's people who reach out to us and sometimes we do outreach to other people. Um, and basically it's just a matter of them. They send us some photos and it's entirely them who writes up their story. Once they send it to us, we don't do um, like any editing, basically. We just put their name at the top of it and then everything that they wrote. So it's entirely them. It's authentic. It's what they want to be shared. Um, we're not ne necessarily changing it in any way. Um, and then basically from there, we just share it and people can connect with them personally after that. All right. That sounds really good. Um, so Leslie, what kind of, uh, things are you hoping that um, CCB can uh, share with people on True Faces? Well, I think the biggest thing with uh, Canadian Council of the Blind is, is reaching out to more people within Canada and beyond. Just letting people know that Canadian Council of the Blind exists. <clears throat> Primarily right now, CCB is, is known for, uh, when people think of CCB, they kind of think of an older generation that's part of CCB. So I think it's really important for anyone in a younger generation to know that we're here. You don't necessarily have to be a part of CCB in the sense that, you know, if you're a member, you can be an individual member or you can be a chapter member. But I think what's important is advocacy. And I know the younger generation is really um, good at advocating for uh, themselves or advocating for a group. So I think it's really important that we have Emily and Hannah and other people like the girls who are willing to talk about their eyesight or disability, if you, if you want to say that word, and um, share, share what they know and, and share a, a common interest. And there are so many people out there who just think they're alone because they don't, like Emily said, they don't know somebody else with any condition or, or disability. So um, I, I just, this is just another way that we can reach out, hopefully reach out to them and share uh, many more stories. All right. I know one of the uh, awareness days that is coming up very shortly is International Guide Dog Day on the uh, fourth Wednesday of April. Um, maybe, <clears throat> Hannah, um, are you planning on doing a feature on that? We'll potentially put out some content for it. We haven't, I, I wasn't necessarily aware of that, but thank you for uh, kind of informing me on that one that we might have to get something out for that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, on the uh, fourth Wednesday of April each year. And uh, perhaps, Leslie, uh, you might want to share some of the uh, photos. and Maybe uh, we'll feature Leslie. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. We, we have quite a few people in our group, Devin and um, several other people that all have guide dogs. So, yeah, there's definitely something we could do there. I'm going to be sending Leslie a raft of uh, poems about guide dogs, so uh, maybe that's something. I don't know if you share poetry and that sort of thing on True Faces. 
we can share whatever our members kind of want us to share. We've had people reach out and say, hey, I'm, I'm working on this project. Would you be willing to, to help share and promote it? And, and we really are about that and supporting our community, which is also what uh, CCB was kind of about when we partnered with them is that they're like, we want to support our community members and we definitely um, work along those same guidelines. So, so yeah. And uh, it's definitely going to be a um, link between uh, kind of to break the or close the generation gap between uh, older people that maybe have been in CCB for quite a few years and, and the younger people. And uh, we, get, we can talk together about some of the things that are common to us that maybe we d- didn't even realize were common to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think sharing of the stories is just a great way to, to learn about each other and and to understand what our disability is about and how to combat it. Yeah. Yes, it'll be uh, education and peer support all at the same time. <laughs> and with a little bit of advocacy thrown in as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I guess what we should do is uh, describe how uh, people can go about finding uh, both of these groups. Um, would it be uh, through a search for True Faces? And uh, you might want to explain about the different spelling of the word true Yes, absolutely. So you can just go and and Google search True Faces. It's T-R-U, no E, space F-A-C-E-S on Google. And you can find our our website in that sense or on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at True Faces. Like I said, T-R-U. There's no E purely because when we went and started this, the Instagram handle True Faces with an E was taken. So we said, well, Let's just take off the E. So it makes us a little bit more unique. Nothing normal about us here. (laughs) Well, that's kind of good. You know, as you say, a lot of things would begin maybe with the word T-R-U-E. But Mm -hmm. uh, this definitely sets you apart. Yeah, absolutely. And the same with uh, CCB uh, Peterborough. Uh, Leslie, would, would people... Um, Google that? Yeah, you can Google CCB Peterborough or Canadian Council of the Blind Peterborough chapter and um, you'll find our website um, and Facebook account that way as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, terrific. Is there anything else that any of you would uh, uh, like to uh, talk about? I guess we can share a little bit about our our actual ambassador program that CCB is supporting us in. Yeah. Um, so while we we feature individuals and and all this, and we're posting three times a week, um, it it can be a lot on Hannah and I's end. So what we essentially wanted to do is expand our team, and we have community members who are so involved with us, and we wanted a way for them to kind of be involved and get recognition for it. So we kind of created this True Faces Ambassador program where essentially people are 
filling out a Google form as an application and basically their role can be helping us with recruiting or putting together content or our advocacy and education community outreach all of these sort of tasks that we kind of encompass in true faces um, and they can kind of help us with that uh, as well we're looking to put together monthly calls where these people who are all very like-minded individuals can kind of come and they can chat and they can get to know each other and and really strengthen that community aspect of everything um, and then in kind of return for perks we're sending them some true faces shirts and other ccb goodies wonderful that's great have you uh, established uh, established a date for the monthly calls uh, we haven't yet. So once we kind of know uh, who our, our ambassadors are going to be, um, we're kind of sending them out another kind of Google form of like, what's your availability like and really planning around them. And then hopefully uh, more down the line, once we've kind of gotten to know these ambassador more and they they feel comfortable and all that, we're hoping to actually involve some CCB members in, in those calls. Oh, good. That'll be great. That'll entice me even more to learn more about Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, The mobile version of Facebook seems to, do you find that it works a a little better for people with visual impairments? I like it because Mm -hmm. I can enlarge the text size. I don't actually use it on my computer too much. I really only use it on my phone, so I don't have a lot to compare it to, but I, I do like the setup of it. Yeah, that's good. How about you, Leslie? Any thoughts on Facebook or mobile Facebook or anything like that? Um, Yeah, I do use it both ways. I do find on my computer, I can post better through my computer than I can on my my cell phone. Uh, It just gives me, to me, it just gives me more options. And because I have ZoomTech on the computer, I can blow it up as big as I need it to be in order to read everything or see the pictures, that sort of stuff. Yes. So I do find for myself it's handier that way. But I, for quick checks and quick look for things, uh, definitely I'm using my cell phone all the time for that. Right. Okay. And uh, Hannah, how about you? Do you do you find that it's... uh, works well for I think you have vision in only one eye is that right uh yeah so I don't have uh, any right eye only have my left eye but I don't actually use Facebook that much I uh, I pretty much leave that to Emily to use so okay yeah well that's terrific well I wish uh all of you the best of luck and uh it's funny saying that because I'm I'm partially uh I am a part of the of the CCB, and I'll very likely, as I learn more about Facebook, I'll uh, definitely uh, get involved in uh, the um, partnership. So, um, but anyway, I wish everyone the best of luck with all of that. And uh, if there's anything more that we can do at Insight Peterborough, let us know. Thank you so much for having us again. Anytime. Thank you. Yep, thank you very much. A group of people is writing a book about the history of blind people in Canada. 
the uh, actual project that involves all of this is called the Pandora Pro- Project. And uh, Peter Field, who is one of the authors, had a chat with me the other day from his home in Vancouver. And I wanted to play that for you because there are times when you will have the uh, opportunity to participate if that's what you'd like to do. So here's our discussion. Hi, Peter, and welcome to the program. Pleasure to be here, Devin. How are things in Peterborough? Oh, they're doing fine, thanks. And now we're going to talk about the um, Pandora project. Um, can we start maybe at the beginning, and can you tell us how it uh, got going and who is involved? Yeah. That's and what it is. And what it is. And I'll, I'll also talk to you a little bit about the name, why the Pandora Project. Yeah. Um, the project started about a year and a half ago um, with... Um, an individual who's well known in the blind and visually impaired, visually impaired community, Charlene Ayotte. Uh, Charlene, uh, excuse me, ran uh, T-Base Communications. She's the founder, and she ran T-Base Communications for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, a while ago, sold that company. But during the course of her work, she's always been wanting to tell the history of the community, the community of people who are blind, deafblind, partially sighted, from our perspective rather than other people's perspectives. Excellent. Um, so, uh, as I say, uh, Charlene retired from her job, and then about um, December, end of December 2019, I retired from my job, and she said, oh, great, you can write the history. Um, so you don't, it's not always very easy to say no to Charlie. Um <laughs> as we call her, so I did not say no. I said, yeah, I think I think maybe that's a project I can pick up. Um, and one of the first things we did was explore um, the Canada History Fund to see if we can get funds from the Canada History Fund. Um, so we're still working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, the project has evolved uh, to, to now having a podcast, which we, we did find funding for, and we called it the Pandora Project, and uh, this is again, Charlie's idea because excuse me, her idea is that, you know, like Pandora's box, the myth of Pandora's box is once you open it, uh, it's impossible to put whatever's in it back in again. So once we tell our history, um, it's going to be much more difficult to put us back in that box. Uh, once the world knows, well, this is our history, and here's how we got to where we are, and here's where we are, and, and here's how we want to move forward. Um, a little postscript to that, perhaps, is that um, uh, this is something that um, I've forgotten about the story about Pandora's box. Is when you when Pandora opened her box, uh, it released all the evil in the world. That's the myth around why there's evil. Uh, uh, but the one thing left in the bottom of the box is hope. Uh, so it's perhaps a, a fitting analogy that way, too. Definitely, yes. 
Um, who else is involved with the project? Yeah, so we decided, we sort of thought about who else we want on the project. So um, we, we are friends and colleagues with David Best, who's a technology, accessible technology specialist out of uh, St. Catharines, Ontario. So we wanted uh, someone with the technical expertise, and, and David's um, solid, thoughtful approach to things. So we approached David, uh, John Ray, um, out of Toronto, who is a bit of a historian himself, oh, yes. um, uh, couldn't resist the project and insisted that he become part of the project. And we're happy to have John because he has a lot of experience, a lot of this history, mm-hmm. uh, actually resides with John. And um, in the course of going to the Council of Canadians with Disabilities, they thought uh, a woman by the name of Hannah Levitt uh, out of Victoria might be good. Now, um, Hannah, um, so Hannah's joined the project. I'll just take a minute to say that Hannah is a writer, and as of today, her first book called, uh, uh, hang on, uh, The Disability Experience, Working Towards Belonging, uh, is available uh, for purchase. Terrific. So um, her first book uh, is now available via Amazon. It's, it's a Kindle edition, uh, you know, so it's not available in, a, in an audible format yet. It's a Kindle format, but that's exciting that she has her first pub, first book published, and she's on our, our team as well. Wonderful, and it probably will come, become available in audio format, will it? I would think, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a publisher is called Orca, so I'm really hoping that they will they will make it available as well. I know. Um, does this uh, Pandora project? How long do you expect that it will uh, last? And does it have an advisory group of of some kind? Yeah. So let me describe a bit more about what the project is, and then I'll talk about the advisory committee. The project has three components. Um, it has, well, right now it has the podcast, it has plans for a book, and it has plans to write learning materials to be used in schools. Um, so we are still in the midst of uh, putting in our application to the Canada History Fund. From the other two portions of the project, the learning curriculum and the book, um, the grant if it's provided to us, will be a three-year grant. Uh, so we anticipate it'll, it'll take three years to, um, given that the first six months, for example, are simply to do the research, mm-hmm. go through archives, do the research into the history of the community, and then using that research to sit down and write uh, the learning materials uh, for um, all levels of the education system. And then using that to write the book, that, uh, that's a three-year horizon. Um, the podcast, we, we'd like the podcast to continue. Um, our first podcast is now up on um, uh, a Podbean site uh, being hosted by Albert Ruel. Um, that's just up as of last night. Um, that, that is a tribute to Tom Decker. 
a gentleman in the blind, visually impaired community who passed away in October. Yes, I went to school um, with him. Pardon me? I went to school with him, yes. But you went to school with Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Tom had quite an impact on the community. Indeed. And uh, so that is now up, and we're, we'll just start letting people know that that's there. So um, we're excited that this part of the project is, um, is, is now live. So we thought it was also important to put together an advisory uh, group to advise us. I mean, if we're going to tell the history of the community, there's many more in the community than us. So um, on our community at the moment, we've got the Canadian Federation of the Blind. We've got the Vision Impaired Resource Network. We've got Guide Dog Users Canada. Uh, we've got a few uh, people sitting uh, sort of independently, such as Albert. Uh, we've got Judy Robinette, who uh, has a charity out of, um, out of Southern Ontario called A Life Worth Living, um, and that's, uh, that's a site dedicated to telling stories of uh, people with disabilities. Um, we are waiting to hear from CCB, Canadian Council of the Blind, and we've reached out to a couple of uh, the national deafblind associations um, in Canada as well, uh, and are waiting to hear from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can talk a little bit about the uh, podcast, uh, how do you subscribe to, to that? Uh, yeah, so once, um, once we're on our platform, people will be able to subscri- subscribe. So um, we are working out where our uh, home will be. Um, it, uh, it is likely that our home will be actually on Judy Robinette, a Life Worth Living website, and uh, that they will um, make our podcast available on Apple, mm. and then once there, people will be able to subscribe. Uh the one that's up on Albert and, and shortly to be posted on the ABC website, actually. Um, I, I suppose people could subscribe to, to Albert's Podbean site, but our home eventually will probably be with um, a life worth living. Okay. All right. Uh, that sounds good. Um, is this a, um, are these podcasts... Uh, going to be a, um, a series that will last for a considerable length of time, or um, do you have a kind of like a beginning and an end to the the series of podcasts? Yeah, we don't we don't see an end, um, and we're hoping the podcast will continue for at least another three years after this. So, um, our funding application to um, Heritage includes three years of funding for podcasting, which takes us through to 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would really like the podcast to continue um, in the sense that our story and the, the history and the story of our community continues. There's always something yes. uh, that we need to talk about. Um, and even if we, you know, uh, I should I should say the name of the the, the podcast itself is Triple Vision, ah. uh, the past, present, and future of blindness in Canada. Okay. Um, so 
there'll always be a need to tell that story. I think. Yes. We see them. We see them as being ongoing. Oh, good. That'll be great. Terrific. Um, so, when will this podcast be available? Is it already available? Yeah, the Tom Decker tribute is already available. Um, it's going to be, I've, I've asked ABC to post it under what's new on its website. Uh, I haven't heard that it's up there yet, so I think um, I think ABC is still working on that. Albert Ruel uh, has it up on his site now. Um, I'm sorry, oh, oh yes, Albert, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's his own podcast site under a podcast platform called Podbean. Um, I, I don't know at this point how else to direct people to that. Right. Okay. Um, but but it's there, and if you if you have any kind of links or anything, Devin, I can send you the link to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that sounds good. Uh, so you're in the research phase of the uh, the book itself now. Is that right? Or are you uh, waiting for the grant? We're we're. More or less waiting for the grant. So the good news on the grant is that we now have York University, um, an, an assistant professor there uh, in the Critical Disability Study Program, interested in partnering with us on the grant. Oh, good. So us as individuals, we can't apply to the, the Canada History Fund. It has to be an organization. Um, they seem to really like it when history programs um, apply. So we're happy that York uh, so far is interested in applying on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that that letter uh, to York uh, has just gone on Monday. So um, Jeffrey Riom, who is the assistant professor, has written to uh, the dean at, uh, of the Critical Disability Study in the History Program at York asking that they support the program. So uh, if York uh, supports the application, then uh, we will have an application back into the Canada Canada History Fund in September. Um, We won't know anything um, for a while. Uh, If they provide us funds, those funds will only arrive a year from now, April 1st, uh, 2022. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... in the meantime, we'll, we'll just carry on with our podcasting, and then once those funds come through, come through, we'll start uh, in earnest with the rest of the project. All right, terrific. Uh, is there anything else that I should be that's ongoing that um, we should be talking about? No, I don't think so. Not not with respect to this project. I mean, all I would say is. Um, uh, if people want to contribute to this um, history in, in any way, if they have a story to tell or know of a story to tell, um, you know, our history goes back, right? Uh, we're talking about uh, pre-consideration. Um, and I'll, just, I'll just give you an example in a second, but if people have stories or a certain part of this history, we now have an, an email address. Uh, triplevision21 at gmail.com so triplevision all one word uh, no cap so triplevision21 at gmail.com is our um, email address and on Twitter we're at 
Circle Vision 21. Um, so if, you know, people can write to us um, at, the, at the Gmail address and uh, share any stories that they might have. One of the, one of the sort of remarkable <coughs> stories that we've come across <coughs> regarding our history was that in the late 19th century, um, so in the late 1800s, <coughs> and I don't know if you're aware of this, Devin, there was a, a gentleman by the name of Bert Robinson uh, who lived in Toronto and is the first blind graduate from the Canadian University. He graduated from U of T. Um, and his father uh, helped him uh, through university by creating tactile books. Holy mackerel. Yeah, yeah. So his father really created the, the learning material. Yeah. Um, this history is actually on the CNIB's website. It's, it's quite fascinating. So okay. after he graduated, he started uh, something called the Free Library for the Blind in Toronto. So he wanted to, he wanted blind people uh, in Canada, I guess, to have the same experience he did. So he started uh, collect, uh, collecting tactile books, uh, Braille books, I guess, but maybe other formats. And he created this free library for the blind. He sadly passed away early. Uh, his wife took it over. And that is the collection that eventually became the collection of the CNIB library. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah. And the other sort of interesting thing about this is that if you think of this as, um, you know, if, we wanted, if we're telling the history from a consumer perspective, that library was started by a consumer. That library was started by somebody who, in fact, needed to use the books themselves. So... Um, this is the kind of thing that we want to sort of talk about and discover as we um, as we talk about our history. Yeah, that's terrific. And isn't that just so appropriate that it that it should have been started by a consumer? I think that's I think, wonderful. Yeah, it is appropriate. And you know, without getting too political about this, I mean, we we know the history uh, around. Um, the early origins of the CNIB, for example, was, you know, blinded veterans, uh, Colonel Baker and so on, uh, coming back from World War One, and wanting uh, an organization, wanting an association uh, to support them. Uh, and then that eventually led to the CNIB. So again, it has its roots in consumerism, people, people wanting to organize and start their own organization. Yeah, that's terrific. Good. All right, Peter, thanks so much for uh, chatting with us about this, and uh, we wish you all sorts of good luck. And, and that uh, that email again, email address. Yeah, triplevision21 at gmail.com. Okay. Triplevision, all one word, 21 at gmail.com. So if you have anything that you think uh, um, should go into the history of uh, blind people in Canada, uh, then that's where you should send it. That's right. We'd be happy to take people's stories. Um, you know, we, uh, we're collecting these kinds of stories for the book that we're writing. Uh, so any stories that people have are, um, are really useful in terms of telling our history. Okay. Well, all the best of luck, and I'm, I'm sure we'll 
uh, get updates as uh, they become available. I'm happy to update uh, the community, you know, as we go along. That would be great. That would be terrific. Thanks very much. Thanks, Kevin. Do you happen to have a Google Home Mini or one of that particular series at home? I do, and I really find it handy. The funny part, though, is when somebody elsewhere, say on Zoom or ham radio or even the television, asks a question of the uh, voice that I'm going to call Lady G, um, they get an answer, and uh, we hear other answers from the, across the country as well. So I find that quite um, comical. However, I have a short demonstration of the uh, Google Home, which I thought we could finish the program with. Welcome to Cool Blind Tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Cool Blind Tech podcast. I'm James Oates, and today I will be demonstrating the Google Home voice-activated speaker. In a previous podcast, I showed you how to set it up and went over all the different configurations available in the Google Home app. But today, we're just going to demonstrate the Google Home in action so you get an idea of what it's like. You activate the Google Home by saying OK or Hey, followed by Google, with your question that you want asked. All right, without further ado, hey, Google, what time is it? The time is 2.28 p.m. Hey, Google, what's the weather like? In Merritt Island, it's 79 and partly cloudy. It'll be mostly sunny there today with a forecasted high of 79 and a low of 65. Hey, Google, what's the number for Pizza Hut? The phone number for Pizza Hut on 185 N. Courtenay Parkway in Merritt Island is 321-454-4000. Hey Google, what's the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? It's somewhere between 41 and 43. Hey Google, how old is Douglas Adams? Douglas Adams was 49 years old when he died in 2001. Hey Google, play Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Alright, Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Playing on Spotify. <laughs> hey Google, play the top songs from 2011. Here's a Spotify playlist called Top 100 Tracks from 2011 USA. Hey Google, play WDAE on iHeartRadio. Sure, here's 620 WDAE on iHeartRadio. Is down the road as you get older. Dr. Hunt's Clinic is the first in the Bay Area that can diagnose a ligament tear without having to get an MRI. If you've had an MRI done, you know how annoying it could be, the claustrophobic space. Hey, Google, play 98.5 on TuneIn. Streaming Christian FM from TuneIn. Hey, Google. Play the podcast Cool Blind Tech. Here's the latest episode of Cool Blind Tech VIP live from the Mobile World Gaming Assistive Tech Convention. Okay, recording. Jessica, are you ever planning on coming down to CSUN? You know, when I lived in California, I never made it to CSUN. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I'll make it. 
It'd be nice to get your feedback. Hey, Google. I'm feeling lucky. A game show? Yes. Hold on. Let me get all my stuff together. Welcome to Are You Feeling Lucky? I'll go ahead and assume you're feeling lucky and start the show. <laughs> On top of being your Google Assistant, I'm the host of this silly show. How many want to play this time? One. It's just you and me then. I'll give you five questions. As luck would have it, your random nickname is Dolphin. Ready or not, the game is starting. If for any reason you want to end the game early, say stop. History is the subject. When was Bill Clinton's inauguration? 1993 Hey Google, set a 30 second timer. Okay, 30 seconds. Starting now. Hey Google, stop timer. Hey Google, get me an Uber. Sure, here's Uber. Hi, this is Uber. Would you like to use Skylark Avenue as your pickup location? Cancel. Sure, canceled. Hey Google, start iHeartRadio Awards voting. Sure, here's iHeartRadio Awards voting. Hi again, it's Seacrest. Ready to vote for the iHeartRadio Music Awards Most Powerful Female Voice? Yes. That's what I'd like to hear. Let's do it. The nominees for Most Powerful Female Voice are Rihanna, Adele, Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Carrie Underwood, and Florence Welsh of Florence and the Machine. Now the question is, who would you like to vote for? Rihanna. All right, your vote for Rihanna, done. Thank you for your vote. Don't forget to tune in to our iHeartRadio Music Awards Sunday, March 5th, 8 Eastern and 5 Pacific on TBS, TNT, and True TV, or on your iHeartRadio app. Thanks again. Take care. I had to vote for Rihanna, right? She was the first person to ever uh, include a album cover completely in Braille for her uh, album uh, Anti. Hey, Google, tell me a joke. One joke. Coming up, I have a pet tree. It's kind of like having a pet dog, but the bark is quieter. Hey, Google, sing me a song. Hey, Google, play CNN. Streaming CNN from TuneIn. NFL fans looking for a special gift for the football fan in your life? Visit nflphotostore.nfl.com, the league's official online photo store. Hey, Google, stop. Can't even play the commercials. Hey, Google, what's my day look like? Good afternoon, James. The time is 2.40 p.m. The weather in Merritt Island currently is 79 degrees and partly cloudy with a high of 79 degrees. Your commute to work is currently 60 minutes with light traffic if you take FL 528 West by car. Today at 3 p.m., you have record Google Home podcast. Have a good one. Here's the latest news. From NPR News Summary, at 2 p.m. today. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. President Trump is widely expected hey, to Google. get a bounce in his... Next track. From Fox News, at 2 p.m. today. 
Hey, Google. Stop. Okay, and it would just keep going through my news. Hey, Google. Play Captain America Civil War. All right, Captain America Civil War from Netflix. Playing on Fire Swamp. Day. A vast flat icy plain beneath a cloudy gray sky. A wide mountain looms on the horizon. A caption reads 1991. On the mountaintop is a military base. Three large hatches lie flush with the snow-swept ground. Inside the base, two guards simultaneously turn keys either side of a heavy metal door. The double doors open outwards, revealing a grey wall housing a safe. In camouflage fatigues and a red beret, Colonel Karpov strides towards the safe. Then keys in a code 17826. The safe hatch, which bears the Hydra Octopus skull symbol. Hey Google, play BuzzFeed on YouTube using Fire Swamp. Sure, playing BuzzFeed from YouTube on Fire Swamp. coming out here to the Squad Wars live stream on BuzzFeed Video. Give it up for yourselves in the audience. Thanks for being here. Okay, Google. Stop. Okay. If you uh, were wondering what Fire Swamp is, that's the name I've given to my uh, Chromecast television. I'm using Chromecast Ultra to connect my TV to the Wi-Fi network, and I can cast uh, Netflix and YouTube videos to that. Hey, Google. Play Katy Perry on Pandora. Playing the Pandora station called Katy Perry. Hey Google, stop. Hey Google, shop for paper towels. Okay, here's something from Costco on Google Express. I can get brawny, extra large, pick a size paper towels, 12 rolls of 80 sheets for $21.29 after tax. Should I order that? No. All right, so you can also shop online if you register with Google Express. Um, you just uh, go in the Google Home app. You can do everything through there. You can sign up for Google Shopping now. It's a new feature. Um, and you can uh, enter your payment, default payment information, and it'll just go ahead and ship to you. Well, we are going ahead and wrap it up here. If you have any questions, you can contact us at cbt at coolblindtech.com. You can contact me directly at james at coolblindtech.com. Follow us on Twitter at coolblindtech. And, of course, like us on Facebook. All right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I will talk to you again very soon. Say goodbye, Google. Goodbye, Google. <laughs>